Brothers and sisters, what would the world be like without instruction, without interaction? Consider it for a minute. Exactly what would happen if you took a child and placed them in a room and they had no interaction with anybody at all from their birth? Where they were only provided with the bare essentials, like with just food and water just thrown into a room all by themselves, no interaction. Well, we don't have to speculate about this. There have actually, believe it or not, been some children that have experienced this terrible reality firsthand. Alice Marie Harris is one such person. She was raised in total isolation by her mother because she was an illegitimate child and her stepfather despised her presence. From the age of five months to six years, she was kept in the attic attic of her home, malnourished and unable to speak or move. She was immobile. She was expressionless and indifferent to everything. She was believed to be deaf as she did not respond to others. But later it was found that her deafness was actually functional rather than physical. She could not talk. She could not walk. She could not feed herself. She could not do anything that showed signs of cognition. She was discovered and rescued in 1938. And once she was taken away and placed in a foster home, she showed signs of improvement, but she eventually died at the age of 10. She has been comforted in the bosom of the Father ever since. And the things that she suffered here are no longer in her mind. The point is, brethren, is that life is more than just existing. Life requires more than just obtaining what is essential for our bodies to live. We must be instructed in order for our life to prosper. We cannot simply just exist in a room of isolation. We must learn how to live. We must be instructed. We must be corrected. We must be loved. If we are merely left to ourselves with the bare necessities, we will not be able to figure out our life all on our own. Somebody with understanding has to come along and instruct you. We are made to naturally follow after others. We, by our very nature, are compelled. We have like this compelling desire to look to others for direction, for guidance, for instruction. We depend on learning from others for advancement, or we will not be prepared to enter into the world. We must be taught in a way that not only allows us to survive, and to navigate through the course of this world. But we need instruction to lead a profitable and an impactful life. We by nature feel, feel a need. We feel a compelling need to make a contribution to society. And to, and to live for a purpose. This can't be realized. See, that, that desire can't be realized without some sort of instruction. Even from an early age, there are many things that children cannot do without proper instruction. We must learn how to talk. We must learn how to walk. 
We must learn how to avoid danger. Their behavior often needs to be corrected. We have to be instructed what is right. In fact, we are so naturally made to follow that instruction doesn't even have to be intentional for the person to receive it. Children will naturally pick up on things from those that are around them. They say, you know, they say the best way to learn a foreign language is to immerse yourself in the language. You got these foreign aid students, they go and they live over in Germany for a couple of years so that they can be immersed in the instruction. See, if you do not teach your children, then somebody else will teach your children. And they won't have to go for, to a school for it to happen. All the time we're being instructed on what to do by either what is surrounding us or by what we submit ourselves to. If God is not instructing you, mark my words, somebody else is instructing you. Nobody is autonomous all by themselves. As we advance through life, we are constantly being taught and instructed. No hospital hires doctors who have not been instructed in medicine. Surgeons don't have the luxury of like figuring things out as they go. And I'm sure you wouldn't want them to either. And in the same way, the industries of the world are not being filled with the inexperienced and the unlearned. God is not filling heaven with ignorant people who have not been instructed in righteousness either. That's right. Today we will explore this facet of Jesus Christ that he is the teacher. Yes. That he is through the Holy Spirit instructing us. And that this instruction is essential for life in Christ. Amen. This isn't like an optional instruction. If you're not taught of Christ, you won't be saved. That's just to speak frankly. It's confirmed in the prophetic statement of Solomon that held more truth, no doubt, than he could see. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear. That's right. They connect those two together. Your salvation involves divine tutelage Amen. and cannot be realized apart from it. If Jesus does not teach you, you will never mature in the faith. That's right. And instruction is necessary for that maturity. Yeah, it's written, hear counsel and receive instruction. That thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. Amen. See, the, the first mention of this word teach in the scripture, Exodus 4.12, when God told Moses, Go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. That's the first, the first time teach is mentioned in the Bible. That's what it's mentioned. So the very word is introduced to us and associated with the instruction of God. How's that? Amen. In fact, the word is almost exclusively used in the scripture for a person commanded to impart God's instruction to his people. That's right. it, was, it, was, it was gone over in the law. Moses was instructed to teach the people the commands in the law, see? Jesus has promised to instruct those who follow him. The psalmist spoke this way. 
I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Where the real Jesus is presently teaching, things are offered there that no one else is able to give. Things are taught that no one else can teach. Things are revealed about God that no one else can reveal. Things are worked that no one else works. People are produced that no worldly institution or system is able to produce. Power is realized through a teaching Jesus that is unlike the world. If the real Jesus is here among us, we shouldn't be doing things that the world isn't doing. We should be doing things the world isn't doing. We should be saying things the world isn't saying. The church majors on what no one else is able to do because it holds forth a Christ that is different than anything that the world has to offer. We teach a curriculum that is different than than any curriculum that the world has to offer. See, the church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. If you're going to get the truth, you're going to get it from the church because the teaching Jesus is in the church, see. We live in a day where a Jesus has been widely presented that is just like the world. You notice that? You don't have to look far. There's a church on every street corner. You don't have to look far and you'll find entertainment and musicians in the church that look much like the ones in the world. The motivators are the same ones that are used in the high schools. The greeters are the same kind of greeters that are trained up by Walt Disney. The workers are the same ones used at the Red Cross, and, and so on and so forth. If Jesus attracted people by his difference from the world, it's the height of folly to think that Being like the world will attract people to Jesus. Churches that only offer what the world offers with a Jesus label on it are that way because class is not in session and the real Jesus is not present. That's just speaking frankly. That's just the truth. So if Jesus is a teacher and his teaching is essential to our salvation and unique to him, what exactly is he teaching? And how I want to know it. It's not just an intellectual teaching. It's not just so that we can know more about what the Bible says. Or pick up a few practical tips on how to be a better person. His teaching isn't like an information class. Where after you get a number, certain number of exposure hours, you get your like certification to hang up on the wall. You know, that's signed by the board of directors. It's not... It's not like that. He is teaching us and showing us the Father. It's a transformative teaching. As we come into an understanding of the things that are written, into an understanding, into a knowledge of the truth, we truly mature in the faith. There is a rooting And there is a grounding as we come into a great realization of the truth. Into a knowledge of it. To an understanding of the way things really are. When you come into an understanding of that, nobody can tell you any different. So many people today view Jesus as a savior, but not as a teacher. 
So many people today view Jesus as a savior and not a teacher and haven't put those two things together. That he's saving us by teaching us, see? We're, we're, we're saved. As we're saved, we become more like him. That's the nature of salvation. As I was considering this, I thought of some of the differences, even in the flesh, between little children and adults. And I considered the liabilities of children and how instruction contributes to maturity. We're talking today about Jesus Christ, the teacher. And what better way to review the curriculum than to consider where we were at when we first came into the kingdom and what the teaching of the Lord is producing and where where we're headed. As a child, when they first began to interact with the world, they couldn't do so very well. We can't, as little babies, we can't interact with the world very well. When we first begin to walk, we can't walk very far. We take a few steps and then fall down. We have issues keeping our balance and coordination. But see, our parents placed us in specific positions where we were forced to take a few steps and place things just within our grasp that we could reach. Newborns can't feed themselves or care for themselves. So the teaching of the Lord at the beginning is in a very introductory manner. Jesus at the beginning isn't teaching us deep and profound things about the kingdom, but is instructing us in the manner that our desire for these things grows and increases. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. See, see, we're, we're enlarging our appetite. The teaching of Jesus as we come into the kingdom, it's enlarging our appetite. It's enlarging our capacity for these things. Don't put anything in the way that's going to get in the way of that for you or, God forbid, your brethren that are new in the faith. Give them things that are conducive for growth. See, it's normal for a baby to be this way. But it's not normal to be an adult and be this way. If you're 20 years old and you can't walk a few steps without falling down, that wouldn't be considered a normal condition. And the the same thing's true in the spirit. If you've been in Christ for 20 years and you can't understand what the Bible says, that's not normal. That's not normal behavior. Something has got in the way. There's something in between. There's some, Paul would say, Who's, who has hindered you? And a child's self-centeredness is usually more prominent than mature adults. Consider that children think, seem to think that the entire world like revolves around them. This is like a common thing that children think. And the same thing with those who are juvenile in the faith. They're, see, they're, they're going to be marked with a more prominent self-centeredness in their spiritual life. When they pray, it's primarily with their wants in mind and their needs in mind and their desires in mind instead of the needs and desires of others. Jesus, the teacher, had to teach his disciples how to pray. He said, when you pray, you pray like this. Our Father, which, which art in heaven. See, that was, the, that was the primary and preeminent focus when Jesus taught his disciples. And so, see, as you grow into an understanding of these things, 
you mature, you advance in these. You, you're not like a little child forever. This is why Paul taught things like, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. This isn't like a goal. This is the realization of what happens when you grow up into Christ. This is how people are when they grow up into Christ. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. See, it's a, it's a necessary tutelage for advancement. And children can be easily tricked. They tend to be more trusting of strangers when they offer them pleasant things. Children cannot properly discern what is dangerous because they just, they just don't know. They don't know any better. They're often, children are often curious before they're cautious. See, we're exhorted not to be like children who are, who are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the slight, see, and cunning. There's a, they can't discern, they can't discern these things. So what, what do they do? You got to stay close to your parents. A child doesn't just wander out where there's danger. They have to stay close, see, while they're growing up. That's right. Amen. Those who do not mature in the faith remain in a position, and this is just the truth, where they are spiritually gullible, where they're easily tricked yeah. and not able to properly discern danger. As Jesus shows us what is true, it becomes a part of us. As he teaches us, we know him. We know the Lord. We know his purpose. We know what he is doing. We know his will. We come into an understanding not only of who he is, but what he's doing. Yeah. We, we can see and we can understand this is what God's doing. And so when a false teaching comes along that's contrary to that, see, we can... We can see that for what it is because we know what God's doing. But see, a spiritual child doesn't really understand fully what God's doing. As the proverb states, discretion shall preserve thee and understanding shall keep thee. For this reason, we're told not to be children in our understanding. Is that in children? Don't be children in understanding, be men. See, be men in understanding. God expects that to happen. And he's provided all things, all these things for life and godliness. He's provided all these things for your adva advancement in Christ. We're talking today about Jesus Christ, the teacher. And children have to learn how to express themselves. They not only have to learn how to speak and communicate, they have to express themselves properly. Children tend to respond inappropriately in situations where adults don't. You know, when it's time to take the picture, they're staring at the ceiling. And when it's time to pay attention, they're over there playing. When, it, when it's time to shake the person's hand that walked through the door, they stare at the floor. There are, there are situations that they can find themselves in where they don't act appropriately. Spiritually juvenile people are no different. 
They are not able to adequately express what they know. They're not able to adequately express themselves. They have a hard time communicating what they've experienced. It's one reason why Christians, new Christians, tend to quote other Christians all the time instead of speaking what they've seen themselves. They also tend to respond inappropriately in certain situations. You'll notice that people who are young in the faith, they can tend to rebuke others when comfort is needed or, or, or comfort and commend people when a rebuke is needed. This is why, this is why a, a, somebody who's a spiritual leader can't be a novice, see? Some people play or are easily distracted when the Lord's teaching. The Lord is teaching something in the assembly and their mind's off over here somewhere. See, this is, this is the liability of not growing up in the Christ. As we're taught of Christ, we are constantly corrected, making corrections. We're chastened of God. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. If ye endure chastening... God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all be partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Think about that. If anybody says, well, I'm, I'm good, I don't need to be corrected anymore. I already know everything about that. That word's written for people like that. Children need to be taught the fundamental things of life that while they learn, they usually do not really employ in the real world. While adults go on to build upon those fundamental things and utilize what they learned when they were children in their work and daily life. See, God's work that he has ordained us to requires moving beyond the foundational things and on to perfection. That's maturity. It's another reason why we're told not to be children in our understanding, but be men. Because the work that God has us to do is, is, is men's work. It's not children's work. Children are usually not able to do the work that their parents are able to, both, both physically and mentally. You're not going to see a child like building a house all on his own and it be something that's impressive or not that's like going to fall apart. You, you usually don't see a child leading an army into battle. Yeah. People who remain juvenile in the faith, they're not able to properly handle Scripture or the Word of God. The work of the Lord requires spiritual strength. Wisdom and discernment. See, all of the things that children lack. As Jesus teaches us, we become profitable to God. See, as we abide in the vine, as we abide in Christ, he would say, He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. The same. Children usually don't think things through before they make decisions. They tend to be impulsive and act in the moment rather than consider the consequences of their actions or the benefit of patiently waiting for a more profitable opportunity. You know, we're also taught things like judge nothing before the time. Ye have need of patience. See, all of these things are instructive in nature. 
Children usually don't take thought for how their parents will provide for them. They naturally follow their parents. They look up to them, run to them in distress for consolation or protection. And this is where the physical parallel breaks down. We are to become as little children in this regard. We trust in the Lord to provide our our need. We cast our care upon him. We look to him. We console ourselves in him when we are in distress, being followers of God as dear children. In the same way, children, when they are harmed by another, they tend not to retaliate against their offender, but they suffer the emotional and physical damage. In this regard also, we are exhorted to be like children in malice, not returning evil for evil. See, the idea to see here is that there are adults in the flesh who have picked up the wrong kind of instruction as they have grown. From living in the flesh in a fallen world, however, this is not the case in the spirit. While one can pick up the wrong instruction in the flesh and grow to adulthood, those who grow to adulthood in the spirit have abandoned instruction that is contrary to God. They've overthrown things that don't comport. They haven't just taken the things that are good. They've, ta- they've looked at themselves through the conviction of the Holy Spirit and says, that, I don't want that to be a part of me. And they've overthrown it, see. I, I want to I be like a child in malice. And they've thrown it off. See, that's, that's the mark of advancement. If you notice, the epistles are full of instruction, but not full of methods. That is, they exhort us what we should do, but they don't tell us how to do it. The scriptures say, husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. But there's no how-to information that's presented there. Consider the latter part of 1 Thessalonians. He says, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men, see that none render evil for evil, ever follow that which is good, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, but there's no method on how to do any of that. The scriptures tell you, tell you what to do, but not how to do it. There is no program, and this is why these programs exist. There is no program or instruction of men that can teach you how to do those things. Those who try are those who will be ever learning, see, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why the church in the latter days heaped up to themselves teachers. Teach us how to be good parents. Teach us how to be good followers of God. Teach us how to despise not prophesying. Teach us how to quench not the spirit. They've just heaped up to themselves teachers. Why? Because they lack the teacher. Jesus Christ. there's There's an instruction that they lack. That's why they've heaped up to themselves teachers. There's no academic method that can teach a spiritual child how to be mature in Christ. The, it is a result of divine teaching. Jesus is, Jesus is showing us the Father, speaking to us the word of truth, and the Holy Spirit is constantly bringing what Jesus said into remembrance yeah. and instructing us and teaching us how to work out the details. This is why it is written, But the Comforter, 
which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. In Christ, we're not really directed without as much as we're directed within. We serve the Lord in newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. See, under the law, the people had to be taught how to offer the sacrifice. If God gave a commandment, be holy, he spelled out what that meant under the law. But in Christ, our sacrifice and service is not spelled out because we have a teacher and we have a counselor who applies that teaching to your heart. Those who sit at the feet of Jesus love his teaching. And those who do not love him will not be taught of him. He only teaches. He said, he said, unless a man, if a man hate not his father and mother and himself also, he can't be my disciple. He only teaches those who have left everything that they have. Yeah. We're talking about a preference. That's right. Anything that has your attention and affection more than Jesus does must be forsaken. He Amen. will not take a back He's not a backseat teacher. Amen. Jesus is at the front of the classroom. That's right. If God is referred to as jealous, you can be sure that Christ is too. Yes. And if they are one with the Spirit then you know that the Holy Spirit is jealous as well. Or do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? The Holman Christian Standard Version says, or do you think without reason, the scripture says that the spirit who lives in us yearns jealousy? If anything becomes more important than Jesus, he will not teach you. If your hobbies take the throne of your heart rather than Jesus, he will not teach you. If your mind is consumed with the things of the world rather than the things of the Lord, Jesus will not teach you. If your family is more important or your friends, Jesus will not teach you. If you grieve the Holy Spirit, how can he teach you anything? If you quench the Spirit, how can the Spirit bring into remembrance all things that Christ said? Martha was concerned about many things, but Mary chose the better part when she sat at the feet of Jesus. And today, even today, it hasn't been taken from her. A good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. And that that fits in with our Bible class from this morning. We trust in the Lord and lean the weight of our soul upon him. And he is faithful to teach us to lead us and to provide us with what we need to enter into eternity. You've got to be taught, brethren. You have to be instructed in order to enter into eternity. We'll be made, we'll be prepared for our heavenly employment. We'll be made to ready to stand before our Father perfect. See that this is the instruction of the Lord. No person can advance in life without a firm instruction. Mm -hmm. It's certain then the paths of men aren't learned by self-deduction. We must be taught, displayed instead of what we ought to do. We must be brought the way we head by thoughts within our view. Children looking for instruction hold to what they see, but Satan's looking to abduct them by the teaching they receive. It's important that we teach our children something or someone will. It warrants that we seek our fill than from the son who teaches still. 
God's own revelation through all else forbidden. It's shown in his Son inside whom all, whom all are hidden. The high treasures of wisdom and knowledge, these things are in him and not in a college. Not in institutions, programs, or routines. Not in worldly organized and diabolic schemes. Oh, they look upon the surfaces to be all quite enchanting, but they never have led anyone to a godly understanding. The darkness will flee as you dig deeper in, and there are riches in Christ in this divine blessed instruction. It'll enlighten your eyes and sweeten the way. It'll heighten your path and hasten your day. They'll bind your heart firmly to Christ in his fold, and you'll choose to serve God and won't have to be told. This treasure more perfect than silver or gold. You'll stand fast in trial and go the right way. You won't be beguiled or tossed far away. You'll know what to do, and you'll know what to say. You'll cast down strongholds. You'll be able to reason and persuade. You'll be able to speak up and be bold with your speech seasoned with grace. All this is yours, all you need now to succeed, and all this access is afforded you to those who believe. Will you set your sights on him and be taught for your advancing? Will you live your life for him and be brought to an understanding? Will you give up everything to be learning from the teacher? May the bishop of your souls bring you in ever, ever deeper. Amen. Thank you, brethren.